Alright, here we go. Take one. <laughs> what does it mean to be truly authentic to yourself? Humanistic psychologists would say that by definition, authentic people possess a number of common characteristics that they show that they are psychologically mature and fully functioning as human beings. They have realistic perceptions of reality. They are accepting of themselves and they are accepting of other people. They're thoughtful. They have a non-hostile sense of humor. They're able to express their emotions freely and clearly. They're open to learning from their mistakes and understanding their motivations. If behind what a person says and does is a defensive and self-deceptive approach, then no matter how passionate and committed they are to a cause, ultimately, they are not being true to themselves. Authenticity is ultimately about those qualities that show healthy, non-defensive functioning and psychological maturity. Those are the qualities that we need to look for. When you commit to being your authentic self, you start to learn what makes you happy. Now, I want everybody to stay tuned as we're going to talk to a life coach that is committed to helping others find that self of authenticity. Don't go away. Hey, highness has been my greatest pursuit in life. You know, I spent years looking for it through drugs, through relationships and external paths with no long-term gain. You know, it wasn't until I found it within myself while clean that I gained the real appreciation for this gift. My name is Eric McCoy and welcome back to High Wall Clean. You know, appreciation gave me pleasure to enjoy what I have. Happiness allowed me to smile and feel good about things even when things got tough or finding the real me or becoming that authentic person made life so much easier as I didn't seem to have to work so hard for it. But not working hard because, you know, I am now me is the result, not the answer to that sometimes difficult question of who I am. You know, as a child, prior to my drug use, that was the answer that I was always looking for. Eric Erickson, and some may know this who studied psychology, who was a German-American developmental psychologist and a psychoanalyst known for his theory on psychological development of human beings. 
he identified identity versus role confusion. And this was the age of adolescence, meaning those between 12 and 18 years old. And questioning of self, who am I? How do I fit in? Where am I going in life? The adolescent is exploring and seeking for their own unique identity. And this is done by looking at personal beliefs, goals, and values. The morality of the individual is also explored and developed. You know, Erickson believed that if the parent allows the child to explore, they will determine an identity. If the parents continually work to conform their child to their views, the teen is going to face identity confusion. The teen is also looking for, towards you know, the future in terms of employment. They're looking for the idea of relationships and families. Learning the roles that they provide in society is essential since the teen begins to develop the desire to fit into society. Fidelity is characterized by the ability to commit to others and acceptance of others, even with differences. Identity crisis is the result of role confusion and can cause the adolescent to try out different lifestyles. Now, I could relate to this confusion growing up. And then, I, of course, I combined that with my drug use that pushed me further into a disconnect from myself, my values, my morals, my perspectives, and my ideology. I went through my first treatment program at 16, and then they gave me new insight and teachings that were, I guess you could say, thrust upon me before returning to another run. This process continued for a lot of years as I eventually lost all meaning and understanding of who I was and how to connect or interact with other people. Now, Gerald Chernohorsky, <laughs> my guest today, is in recovery and currently a Jay Shetty life coach. Um, he works mostly with individuals that are seeking and wanting to live a life to their true, authentic self. They're seeking a purpose and they're seeking a meaning. And Gerald is here to talk a little bit about his story. He's going to tell us what he does, what it's about, and hopefully offer hope to others. Thank you, Gerald, for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, full of gratitude for being on your show. Uh, it really means a lot to me. You know, I love your podcast. I love your message. Uh, I love how you're trying to help make the world a better place. Thank so you. If, if I can help in any way, um, you know, it, it would give me uh, a lot of pleasure. Yeah. And I think you're going to give us a good message because this question of the authentic self, is something that is, you know, very difficult for a lot of people to grasp, I believe. And especially in terms of, you know, their drug use, when they're using, and kind of like I had said, you know, there's a real disconnect between 
you know, who am I? I'm this way. I have values. I get loaded. I lose them all. And then as that continues on and on and on, we sort of go further and further and further away from ourselves. When I got clean um, initially in 2002, um, I had no idea who I was. And so I wanted to, first of all, ask you a question. Um, so you're a Jay Shetty life coach. That's correct. What is that about? Well, life, life, life coaching, it's not like, uh, what a lot of people might think it is. Um, myself, the way I've been trained, um, I, do I do not ever tell somebody um, what to do or what I think they should do. I simply ask them questions that will hopefully guide them to what they're looking for if that makes any sense at all. 100%. Um, you know, if I if I were to tell you, I think you should do this, and I don't even know anything about you, or, or, or I don't know enough about you, um, what I could be telling you to do could be completely wrong. And I, and I really believe that if um, you figure it out for yourself, you get that aha moment, uh, it, it's so empowering. You know, it gives you that like, wow, I, I figured that out, you know, of course, with help. But, uh, you know, never, never uh, do I ask questions that are that are leading, you know. Um, the first thing I do when I'm uh, on a discovery call, which is what I, what, what I like to call um, a call in which I'm, I'm just getting to know the, the, the potential client and then, um, you know, hopefully convert that person into a client is I really kind of go over um, our framework and, and it all begins with awareness. We need to be aware of, you know, where we are in life and what we want out of life. If we're not even anywhere close to, to awareness, then we're probably not ready for, for any type of coaching. Um, and usually when you do come to, to uh, seek out a coach, you're already there. So I go through that whole framework um, and then um, after the, you know, I go over the framework, part of the framework is actually, uh, you know, talking about goals and, you know, with each call, you try to have an outcome where there is some sort of, um, a plan in place where they can achieve a goal. Um, and I talk about goals, not goals being big, but there are many tiny steps to achieving that goal. And then you want them to really uh, kind of think, how can I, you know, get to, to point A when I'm at point B? Or, or, or when I'm at point A, how do I get to point B, rather? So that's really what, in my opinion, what coaching entails. You're over here, and you don't want to be here, and you want to be here. And, and how do you get there? And, and I kind of help them get clarity and focus and, and help them move in that direction. Yeah. If you've listened to my podcast, I a hundred percent am on board with what you're talking about. Um, you know, so you're more of a non-directive, um, which I'm a firm believer in. We can't tell people obviously what we want them to do because it's not about them living my life. It's about them obviously living their life, um, which is sort of, I think what you're talking about by defining where do you want to go in life? What's important to you? And 
I, I completely agree with that mentality. Um, well, exactly. You know, and, and like I listened to your podcast and in, in one of your podcasts, you talk about somebody who's an addict. Um, if they are told they have to go to um, rehab, they're less likely to succeed uh, as opposed to if they go on their own. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of the link there is with coaching, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the, the success rate is going to be way higher if people decide to go on their own, you know, treatment, the substance abuse field is, um, is difficult in a lot of ways because yeah, normally in most cases, people are forced, not literally forced because, you know, as adults, they can easily say, no, I don't want to go but there's pressure that's put upon them. But I firmly believe that in the, um, you know, like the intake calls during this screening process, you know, um, which could be that mentality of the coaching style is getting them to make that decision for themselves. Yeah. They, nobody's going to make it if they're doing it for, you know, somebody else. Um, and if they are in the beginning, we need to change that. You know, we need to work to help them decide, you know what, this is the best thing for me. This is what I want to do. Now, I've never heard of, well, who's the guy that the, the. Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty. Um, Who is that? Well, he's actually a a pretty famous, uh, you know, person on uh, social media. You know, he's had several uh, Facebook videos that have gone viral. Um, he's actually a former monk. Um, and that's kind of what drew me to, to his, uh, you know, uh, certification, life coach certification. Uh, a lot of what he talks about really resonates with, with me. Um, a lot of the, cause I, I'd looked at different life coaching schools, uh, over the last few years and none of them really like spoke to me the way he does. Um, and actually, I, I was getting frustrated because I couldn't find a um, life coaching uh, program that, that I liked. So I actually started to put together my own. Um, but I didn't have the, I guess I didn't have the confidence or, or belief in myself to do it. Um, so I just kind of put it on the back burner. And then during the whole COVID, the first round or last March, uh, I see this ad uh in my Facebook feed and it was all about the, the Jay Shetty uh, life school. And I said, wow, I didn't even know he had a life school. And I, I checked it out and I signed up right away. And then within, uh, within three months, I was certified three or four months. I was certified as a life coach. I mean, I worked hard at it and it really, um, you know, uh, it, his whole program spoke to me. And then as I was doing the program, I said to myself, it sounds a lot like what I wanted to, 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 you know, teach people or impart upon people. Uh, so I went back through my old notes and, and I said, wow, a lot of what he talks about is what I wanted to talk about. So I was just like, I, I, I had no idea how close I actually was. And I think the one thing that I did not know or, or would not have known is the approach of asking and, 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 and guiding as opposed to, you know, telling people, oh, this is what you have to do or this is what you have to do. You know, so yeah, that's kind of who Jay Shetty is. And now you said in the beginning, before we actually started doing this, and I want to come to that for a second, that 
and I, I had mentioned before, you know, about 40% of people that are in recovery have never gone to treatment or a 12-step program, and you fall in that category, which kind of excites me because I've said many times, I would love to hear from these people. And because of that, there's so many ways to do this. And so you had a drinking problem, is that? Yeah. Um... <laughs> I had a love affair with alcohol. <laughs> it was, um, you know, and it started when I was probably 16, 17, you know, and for me, it was um, almost like a socializing agent because um, I'm a very, uh, I'm very much an introvert. And um, part of my problem was not so much anymore. It was, I really fear uh, judgment, other people judging me. So when you drink, you know, you kind of lose your inhibitions and, and you know, like you become a different person. And sometimes I like that person. Uh, and, but honestly, probably most times I, I didn't. Um, so I started drinking, uh, you know, in, in, you know, 10th, 11th grade in high school. And I started and then and I would do it through university. Um, and it was mostly just the party and whatnot. But then because I wasn't living a life that's true to who I am, to my authentic self, I began getting frustrated. Uh, like I was taking jobs that I probably shouldn't have taken, jobs that just weren't meant for me, weren't right for me, uh, corporate type jobs, uh, working in an office, uh, working in a business environment, and, and it's really not who I am. And so all week I felt like I was in prison, and then on the weekends I would drink to – get over all the pain I was enduring during the week. I don't know if that, you know, resonates with anyone out there, if that makes sense, but that, that's my journey. And, and there was, I had a lot of personal issues that, that I just had not even, that I was not even aware of. Um, and so drinking was the only thing that, that would make me, you know, forget about my pain and, you know, help me uh, cope with life. So, yeah, but I, oh man, there were some, some nights I just drank to oblivion. Like I just. So how did you, um, how did you find yourself? How did you uh, remove yourself from that situation? Well, it was a, it was a long and, and uh, difficult struggle because there were a few times in my life where I actually gave it up for six months you know, and then I, one of my friends would say, oh, come on, just have one drink. And I'd be like, oh, okay, just one. But, you know, as an alcoholic, you can't just have one drink. You know, it's just like it primes you for more and more and more. And and people think that just because you have a drink every day, you're an alcoholic. And, and that's not my definition of alcoholic. An alcoholic is somebody who has one drink and then you can't stop. There was no off. There was no off button for me. I would just drink and drink and drink and my God, like, you know, and it's not something that, that I'm proud of uh, and, and want to boast about, but the amount of alcohol I could drink would probably, you know, kill two people that don't drink. So what was I doing to myself? What was I doing to my body? What, you know, um, unfortunately, uh, I, I don't think I would be around today if I didn't give up drinking. So I'm, you know, very grateful that I did. How long, I did. How long ago was that? Um, 
it'll be 15 years this um, April. Fantastic. Yeah. I woke up one day. Um, I wasn't working. Um, and I said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, I really can't. I, I, I got to change. There's got to be something better out there for me. There's got to be something more to life than just taking jobs I hate. Um, getting fired more times than I care to admit. And then, and then like just drinking all the time, you know? Um, so I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore. And I said, I, it's got to stop. And, you know, I, I gave it up and then I got a job, uh, which I shouldn't have taken, um, which lasted about a week and a half. I was working for a guy and I was trying to sell his products. Um, I'm really good at selling myself, but I really suck at like selling to other people. So I sold myself in the interview. He hired me, but unfortunately I was working right beside him and I was just too nervous. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't communicate or talk the way I wanted to because I was too focused on what he was going to think or say. Again, you know, a fear of being judged. So that didn't work out. But thank God I didn't like go back to drinking, which is what I normally would have done, right? Like something bad happens, and, oh, woe is me. And then I would just drink and drink. But I didn't. And within a week, I got another job. And um, that was actually the last job I've ever, ever had. Um, so I, and I hated that job. It was hard. Uh, I worked uh, for a bank. Um, in a call center and I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of, of, of banks or, you know, call centers. And I just don't think banks are out to serve anybody. They're just out to serve their own, you know, greedy corporate selves. So my, my, my values weren't aligned with who I am working at the bank. And don't get me wrong. Um, a lot of the people I worked with at the bank are, an, are amazing and wonderful people. And I can tell you a story where I worked with a guy who um, was number one in the country for converting customers into buying uh, insurance for their, for their credit product. Number one. And he should have won the top award for, for, for our, our division. And that would have been a, a week's cruise and he could take anyone he wanted. But because he was a really good friend of mine, and um, because he was always hanging out with me, and I wasn't liked at the bank, they were always trying to figure a way they could get rid of me, um, they didn't give him that, that prize. And so I still to this day joke with him, and I say, um, I owe you a cruise, you know? And, uh, He's a great guy, though, like amazing. Like he's got great values. And so there's a lot of great people. But working at the bank was just not where I should have been. Um, see, I always felt that I had to be like like everyone else. And, and I have <clears throat> one, of, one of the things that I, I believe I'm really good at is I'm really good at evaluating talent and strength in other people. And my closest friends are all super overachievers. You know, I've got a, I've got a friend who works for one of the automotive companies 
And he's probably the best in the world at what he does. And you wouldn't know it to talk to him and speak to him. Um, but he confided that in me in one, one, one night. And then I've got another friend who uh, rose the ranks of the Canadian Navy uh, faster than anyone in the history of the Navy. And these are the kinds of people that I've attracted into my life. But I couldn't figure out why are they having all this success and I'm not. And, you know, when I started to just live to my true authentic self and, and, and start doing things that really meant the most to me, that's when I, I felt I started to, to become the person I was meant to be. Um, and, you know, I, I live by my values now and I, and I do what's important to me. And I think that uh, so many great and wonderful things are happening and are going to continue to happen. So if you were to define your authentic self, what would that be? Okay. I'm somebody who um, really cares a lot about uh, other people. Um, so I, I'm, I'm kind and caring and, and, um, and I'm very generous very generous with my with my time and with my um you know uh, with my time with my friends and family um i'm somebody who is uh very concerned about uh my health and, and the health of others um you know part of the thing that i i, I want to help people with is not just living a true authentic self but it's also about living a healthier life and I think when you're living a life that's kind of true to who you are, you're naturally going to want to be um, healthier because you, you're, you're enjoying life and, and you want to live as long as you can, right? Like when I wasn't like living an authentic life, uh, I mean, drinking till three in the morning and then going and getting a pizza and then like sleeping till noon, that's, that's, that's no way to live life. And now, uh, you know, I'm in bed at 9.30 nine o'clock and I'm up at five. And these are all things that, that, that are, that resonate with me and are true to me. I love being up early in the morning when no one else is up. I can just focus on myself. Um, and I can kind of plan out my day. What do I need to do today to, to have a, a successful day? So I don't know if I'm answering your question. Um, but, uh, to me, you know, I meditate every day. Um, uh, and that that's important because I, th I think that if the whole world meditated, we could probably end violence all over the world. I know it's a very, uh, you know, kind of hippie mindset or whatever, but. Or a Buddhist. Uh, or Buddhist. Well, yeah, for sure. Right. Um, so I, I'm a person that I don't, uh, you know, I don't. Uh, I don't like violence. Um, it, it doesn't have any place in society. I'm a person that, that that I'm always, you know, I'm always there for other people. Um, and and you know, like my journey, it's been full of a lot of ups and downs and a lot of um, emotional uh, pain. But I think that emotional pain has made me the person that I am today. And, and I and I honestly believe that I'm somebody that anyone can count on like if, if somebody you know one of my close friends or somebody that i really know and care about called me 
I would, I would be there in a second for them if I could, you know? So, uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just somebody who cares a lot about, about humanity. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a human connector. I think that uh, human connection is the most um, valuable commodity we have. Being able to connect with other people, um, it, it just, for me anyways, it brings so much uh, joy to have a deep and meaningful conversation with somebody and, and get to, to the heart of the matter. Um, so. What types of people do you work with? You know, do you work with people in the substance abuse or is this more of people that are in corporate world or in the... Well, I'm glad you asked that question. And then people ask me, who is my ideal client? And my, I, my ideal client is, is probably somebody who did uh, drink or substance abuse. Um, they were me, you know, 15 years ago when I was completely lost and completely uh, unconscious. And maybe they're not drinking anymore. Maybe they, they've stopped drinking um, or they've stopped doing drugs, but they have that history in them. And they're still at that point where they're, they're looking for answers. You know, they want to know what it means to, to, to be uh, authentic and true. And I'll tell you something that since I started uh, living a life that's true and authentic to who I am, I'm able to make much better choices for myself. You know, um, like I'll never, I'll never take a job again just to take a job. Uh, I, I will be very, if I ever have to take a job again, it'll be to take a job that, that actually really resonates with me. And that's going to be somebody that's in a place where I can help people. Yeah. That substance abuse, you know, clientele that, you know, you said that you really like to work with. There are sometimes mo some of the most challenging. Um, and I think there's a lot of roadblocks that they sort of have. You know, obviously, some of them grew up in very abusive, you know, upbringings. Um, you know, some of them had parents that ingrained upon them that they're horrible. They'll never amount to anything, you know. And so they have this belief system a lot of times within them that is a battle. So they have to figure out, okay, how do I change this? How do I alter this? You know, it's something I teach a lot to clients is, you know, we need to look at, at our belief system. We need to change our belief system. You know, what belief do you need to have to achieve what you want in your life? And that's where we need to go. You know, obviously we do like positive affirmations, you know, which can be, you know, a powerful way to change our belief system. Um, you know, our mind doesn't know the difference between what we tell it and things we experience. And, you know, and then obviously having the, obviously, you know, as I was saying earlier, the disconnect of values of morals and things like that of, you know, what is important to you. So I, you know, I wrote a book called pain, failure, and misery are the stepping stones to success. And one of the chapters in there is called let's get spiritual. And I talk about, you know, spirituality, because that's one of the things that pushes so many people away from the recovery world. It's like, Oh God, are you kidding me? I can't believe in God or I don't believe in God or, you know, there's, there's, you know, a disconnect. And so I kind of break down that word spiritual, you know, with spirituality says um, to be spiritual, spiritual says to have spirit, right? 
And spirit is where the, I think the real meaning comes in. Spirit is defined as, you know, one of the meanings behind it is to have a meaning and have a purpose in your life. You know, you can look at, I mean, from the religious standpoint, you know, they have a purpose to live in the godly way, to be, you know, to spread the word. I mean, so they'll have a purpose, you know, so it fits in with that also, but it can fit in with anybody, you know, it can fit in with the concept of, you know, what is my purpose? I can live with purpose in any area of my life. I can live with, per it's not that, you know, cliche, like, what's your purpose in life, you know, kind of scenario, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. but it can be that, you know, I can live with purpose in my recovery. I can live with purpose in my relationships, live with purpose in, you know, all these different areas of my life because to live without purpose is to live at the mercy of chance. Maybe this will happen. This might happen. This could happen, you know? And, and I think that is important, you know, I look at the people that, you know, are in recovery and the ones that really succeed in this, you know, they're the ones that they, they have a direction. They know where they're going, what they're doing, why they're going to do it. They have a path. Um, it's the ones that don't, that are just sort of walking aimlessly. Those are the ones that are in trouble, you know, and that's what I like what you were saying in, in the message you sent me to is, was that part of this is helping people find them find a means to find some kind of purpose. And obviously within the context of what you do is obviously not telling them what that is, which is important. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Right. Well, one of the questions that I like to ask my clients, um, if they're really struggling, you know, I just say, look, you want to change your life and you want to do something different. What would you do if money didn't matter? And then they're like, Oh, wow. I never thought of that, you know, like, because people don't, right? Like, because we're all focused on, oh, we got to have this job, we got to work, you know, we got to pay our bills, uh, buy our groceries, uh, you know, pay our rent or our mortgage, whatever it is. And, and we're all like living in, in fear and, and, and scarcity. And, and I think that when you start to live authentically, and, and like you said, live a, a purposeful life, and, and everything you do, there's purpose the universe just kind of opens up and expands for you. And you have, you, you see more opportunities than you don't. And uh, you don't have this uh, scarcity mentality. You have this mentality of abundance. And, and, and I know because I had that when I was younger, you were talking about how, you know, your childhood, like if you had parents, like nothing was ever good enough for my parents, right? Nothing. And so you know, I would feel like worthless. And I, and, and like, and I think that's one of the reasons probably why I started to drink because I, I had such low self-worth because I didn't believe in myself. I didn't think I could do anything. And I remember like, you know, trying to find jobs and I'm like, okay, if I get a job, can I do the job? Because, you know, in my head, I'm always saying I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough because I never got that. Mm -hmm. So really it, it, it comes down to like, really having all this hardwired in me and then having to kind of reverse it. And it took me a, a long time. It took me um, years and, and thank God for, for some of my close friends who, who were there for me, who, who told me that they believed in me. And, and they, and, and when you have people telling you that, um, you know, they think you're like really smart when you don't, there's, there's a disconnect. 
and then you got to start think you you start questioning maybe i am smarter than i think and 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 maybe i just haven't found what i'm supposed to be doing or what i'm good at and so yeah i i think you know our belief system is so so powerful and you know uh i realized about <laughs> four years ago that that i four and a half years ago that i really didn't love myself i was with a a, a woman a girlfriend and like for just for a year but for a year i paid for everything she wasn't working and and at the end of it like i had nothing i, I left her because she she made a comment to me and 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 I, and i just said i can't do this and i left but i was hoping that she would you know come after me and she didn't and i'm like i was so good to her i mean i paid for everything i paid for her rent i paid for her car payments i paid for her groceries i i paid for her daughter's private school you know and that like so like I, that's when i realized wow i really don't love myself i wouldn't have done that if i don't think i would have done that if i loved myself you know is you were trying to make her happy was that the I was I was trying to make her happy and I was I I was seeking her approval because at one point in 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 the early stages of the relationship she she made a comment that she's never had a man that she could trust or hold on to you know or feel comfortable with so I tried everything to make her feel comfortable but that's when I realized um well not that at that point but shortly after I left her Uh, I was having a, a conversation with a really, you know, good friend of mine, and he goes, "Jerry, I think, I think she was a narcissist." And I'm going, "What? Like you? I've heard the term bandied about narcissist, narcissism, and of course, I, I got stuck on that, and, and and I started watching videos and reading articles on narcissism, and and then I came across this one, and then and then like one point after another, yeah, she did this to me, yeah, she did this to me, yeah, she did this to me. and that's when i realized wow i am uh, what they call a codependent or um self love deficient so i don't love myself mm-hmm. so four years ago i started working on that and then i'm i'm you know i've gotten much better and uh, but it's a hard process you know talk like i was addicted to alcohol but i was also addicted to to not loving myself and trying to please everybody and 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 people walking all over me and and that was almost as hard to 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 overcome as as my addiction to alcohol i had to start setting boundaries and believe me when you start setting boundaries to people that have been taking advantage of you all your life they freak out and they say they start blaming you and that's when you realize like okay who are my true friends now mm-hmm. and fortunately you know um the people that that understood where i was coming from are are still my friends are still my friends so yeah the only person that we can make happy is ourselves we can't make anybody happy you know we can be happy with somebody but and it's it's really interesting if you look at it from a real standpoint is you know like you could go do the nicest thing in the world for somebody and you know in your mindset you're like oh my god this is going to make this person so happy and then you go about doing it and they're not happy but then later you do the same thing and then they're happy right 
So it has nothing to do with what you're doing. It has whatever's going on with them, <laughs> you know, that, for sure. It is, is causing that happiness. And I learned that too through throughout my life is, you know, the only person I can make happy is me. The only person that, you know, uh, I have control over is me. The only thing I'm responsible for is me. Um, and I think that's where we find the power behind stuff. You know, yeah, like self-responsibility, that concept. And a lot of people think of that, I think, backwards. But self-responsibility is where we take control back over our life. You know, I am responsible. And so I'm going to make the decisions and I'm going to take responsibility. So obviously, I want to start making good decisions. <laughs> you well, I, I agree 100%, you know, Um Part of my process is, is was learning to love myself. And, and, you know, I do my affirmations and I do my meditation um, and I practice gratitude. I write in a gratitude journal every day. But one of the questions I ask myself now is, okay, am I in a situation now where, where I'm loving myself? And if the answer is no, then, then I change my situation. Right. Or I just, I realize that I'm in control of, of, of my feelings and what I can do. So if somebody's not appreciating me or not being nice to me, I don't have to be nice to that person or, or try to get that person to like me if they're not going to appreciate me. I have the power to say, okay, I've tried to do these things. It doesn't seem to work with this person. Um, and I'm just going to stop. I'm not, you know. And then they're, and then if they react, well, you know, they react, but I'm not doing it to try to control them. I'm, I'm just doing it to, to, to respect myself and, and to make the choice for myself because I, I love myself now. Does that uh, make sense? Absolutely. So when you're doing your coaching, how do people find you? Well, I, I have a website. Um, uh, I also have an Instagram page and I have a Facebook group. Uh, the Facebook group is Living Authentically. Um, my Instagram page is uh, at Jerry the Coach. And um, my, my website is jerrythecoach.com. Um, but I'm also uh, like being a guest on this podcast, for instance, is, is another way where I could potentially reach, reach clients. Um, I also have um, a meetup group here in, in, in Montreal where I live. And, um, you know, I, I just uh, started a few months ago and, and it's starting to build a little bit of momentum. Uh, and I'm reaching out to different, uh, there's different groups uh, that I can reach on uh, Facebook groups where there's different coaching organizations and I can just go on there and, and I can reach out to people when I see them making a, a comment on a post. I'll reach out to them. Oh, I, I saw that you commented on that post. Uh, it's really interesting. And just, you know, make a connection like that. Um, because when I first started coaching, um, I really struggled with um, believing in myself, I guess, and, and not understanding what, what value am I going to bring to somebody as a coach? Mm -hmm. And... I had this discussion with, with one of my close friends and, and he basically told me, he said, Jerry, the value that you give to anybody is the fact that you're, you're honest and you're genuine 
and you really care about them and, and you're able to establish um, a bond better than most people. So that made me, again, believe more in myself. And, and, and that's, you know, I had, I had an aha moment when, when he mentioned that. And, and I said, you know what, he's right. Because um, I really do, I don't just want to coach somebody for, for money. Like, and I, and I won't coach somebody just to get a client. I want to make sure that um, they're going to get the, the most out of this, that, that it's going to be uh, transformational, that it's going to have such a huge impact on their life that they're, you know, going to live a life of, of, of more freedom. Because when you start to live authentically, you know, there's just more freedom in your life. You feel free. You don't feel burdened by by this non-belief in yourself and this um, attitude of, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. It's it's more like, wow, I, I, I think I can do that or I can do that or I should at least try and do that. It sounds like it's fun. Um, so I really, for me, it's so important that, that I establish a, a really strong connection and rapport with whoever I'm coaching. I can't, I don't, I won't just coach somebody just to coach somebody and get paid for it. You know, for me, you know, the field that I work with, you know, it's, it really wasn't about money, you know, um, and it's not about money at all. For me, it's really about reaching people, helping people. I love what you talk about because you're talking about, you know, the rapport building process, you know, that building that rapport, that trust, um, you got to have that. Nobody's going to open up to you um, unless there is some kind of faith in you or trust in you that, number one, you know what you're talking about <laughs> and that, you know, you have the, the ability to help them, um, you know, but them also understanding that, you know, there are limits, obviously, to the help that you can give. You know, a lot of times over the years, I've worked with different people that were coaches, you know, now where they came from, I don't know. Um, but I also saw them as crooks in a lot of ways, you know, because of what their uh, tactics were, methods were, the amount of money they charged and how little they actually did for these people. Um, and in some cases, actually uh, indirectly killed them because, you know, led them in you know, the wrong direction and things like that. Uh, now, obviously, I don't blame the coaching profession for that, <laughs> you know, because obviously everybody's different. And, and, you know, we obviously have, I honestly believe people that really do care and that really want to see people succeed. Yeah, well, you know, I can, I can actually speak to that <laughs> because I was really frustrated when I was working at the bank and, and I said, life's got to get better. Life's got to get better. And then um, I ran into a, an acquaintance at, at a wedding and he told me he was in real estate investing. And I said, Oh really cool. And he goes, yeah, you know, and you can go in and you can, uh, you don't need any of your own money, blah, 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 all this stuff. Right. So I said, well, how did you get started? He goes, well, if you're really interested, why don't you read a few books? So he suggested a few books and the first book I read, it just like, wow, wow. It really like, you know, it, it, it said it opened a light bulb, right? The light turned on and, and I said, wow. So like the way I think this guy is speaking to me about how, you know, um, 
we're not all just supposed to like if if we just spend our whole life just working to live and, and, and barely getting by, that's not a life. And and that's that's how I felt. So of course I got really into it and 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 then I, I went to a few real estate investing seminars. And then the next thing I know, I signed up for like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of coaching. And you know what? It just it didn't pay out for me. Like my my the return on my investment was like mm-hmm. negative, right? And for two reasons, right? I was doing it just for the money because I, I, I thought, wow, I could have all these properties and I won't have to work and I'll have all this money coming in. And um, I wasn't being authentic, you know? Um, so hard lesson learned, a lot of money spent, but that's what I, that's the part of coaching that I don't like. And, and it's, oh yeah, I, I can have, I can change your life or, um, you know, you see all these people, they're telling you they've got this system to make money on Amazon. They've got this system to, to make money on this and that or whatever. And you know what? You're going to sell a dream, a fake, a false dream to people because they're vulnerable. They're in a position that they don't like their life. And maybe, maybe one in a hundred people might succeed with your system. So, um, and that's not obviously that's not what I'm about and that's not you know I'm not trying to sell anything or anything what I am is I'm trying to get you from here where you don't want to be to here where you want to be and it, it's that simple and the one thing that that I as a coach know I can do is if you don't sign up for my coaching in three years you're still going to be here there's a good chance but if you sign up for my coaching I can collapse time frames and I can get you to to where you want to be a lot quicker. Yeah, as a saying I love to say, no matter where you've been or what you've done, you can do anything you want if you're willing to fight for it. But you gotta fight for it, right? Yep. Gotta really push for it. Hey, um, is there any questions that I have not asked that you would like to answer, or is there anything you'd like to say? Um, it's it's uh, it's a pleasure to be here, like I said, and to talk to you. Um and you can attest to this, the, the, the life of, 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 of an addict and the post life of an addict, are, they're, they're night and day. Um, and I mean, the fact that you're helping people, uh, you know, with, with recovery is, 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 is amazing. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of doing the same thing that you're doing. Um, but I'm just, coaching and, uh, and it's not necessarily people that are addicts but I, I can I can certainly relate to that uh, like I mean I could talk I could talk to, to people like you I could talk to people like you all day long you know like you're very interesting uh, you've got uh, a, a wide you know uh, breadth of knowledge and, and depth so how would people get a hold of you again yeah I think the best way to get a hold of me is um, on Instagram uh, at Jerry the Coach, mm-hmm. um, they can also reach out to me uh, on uh, through my email uh, Jerry at JerryTheCoach.com. I want to say one thing about you real quick. Um, I I think you have a fantastic demeanor about you. Um, I think that you know when I look at 
you know, I mean, obviously you're, you're in the coaching, but, you know, also with counselors or things like that. And the things that I've always looked for within people um, are, you know, good demeanors, humility. You definitely have that. You know, you're humble. Um, you know, you, you, you definitely have the, you know, knowledge for what you're working to do with the clients. Um, I think you have the right questions, you know, to ask people, you know, um, and, uh, and I think in the long run, I think you can be very successful at this, you know, how is your clientele? I mean, are you doing well? Is it? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing, uh, um, I'm doing much better than I thought I would be doing uh, at this point. Um, because going out and finding clients, um, it's, it's out of my comfort zone. Um, so it really like, it forces me to grow. Right. Um, and when you're going outside of your comfort zone, you have to figure out, or when you're doing something that's very uncomfortable for you, you have to figure out, okay, what do I need to work on to grow so that I can be good at this? Um, I think I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm a pretty good storyteller. So mm-hmm. I think I, I, I tell good stories mm-hmm. and, um, and I think I communicate. Uh, I'm, I think I'm very good at communicating and, and, and sounding authentic and genuine. So um, for me, reaching out to people, I don't like, man, it's happened to me where people have like reached out to me. Oh, uh, you're a coach. That's great. What do you coach? I coach this. And then they're like, oh, we should have a call. I'd love to talk to you. And then they're trying to sell me their uh, services of, 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 you know, attracting more clients. And the first question I ask is, do you guarantee? And they go, well, we can't guarantee. Well, then how good is your system if you can't guarantee? Um, but, you know, it's, 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 it's that whole side of the coaching where it's just all about making money and making money. And I'd rather, you know, coach five, five people a week, so like one a day, that I'm genuinely connected to and, and I've built a good rapport than, than like coaching 15 people and making money and then not enjoying my life. You know, I, I'm really about, you know, enjoying my life. I mean, I've got a morning routine that usually lasts three or four hours. So I get up at five, I, I meditate. Um, then I, uh, I go for a run uh, and in between, uh, and then I work out with weights four days a week and, and you know, I, I'm putting the proper nutrition into myself. Uh, I'm doing yoga and stretching. So, and that's important to me. And it might not be important to everybody and most people, but for me, it's important. It, it's just a great way to start my day. And and in, in between that, there's a whole bunch of uh, work I do on, on loving myself, you know. So I'll do the affirmations and I'll do meditations that, that are, are guided towards loving yourself. And I think that if I can't really continually love myself, how am I going to help people? You know, if you don't love yourself, it's really hard to, to genuinely help people. Well, it's the same goes. You can't teach what you don't have. Exactly. So, well, hey, I want to thank you for coming on here. I really appreciate this. And oh, it's my pleasure. Hey, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to another episode of High Wall Clean. Everybody needs to keep looking for that authentic self. 
keep getting high, but let's do it clean. And I'll see you next time. Thanks. Show up.